0: many of you remember that hit? All right. It may date you just a little bit. That was the summer of 1970 um, where Stevie Wonder declared with passion to the one he loved, I'm yours. Here's the reality of that. We, we, we've been traveling through some of these greatest hits of, of all time, and, and they are just an ability for us to have a, a connection to really the greatest hit of, of the Word of God, and I so much appreciate that uh, that was really the greatest hit of today, uh, what Ben declared in, in song that the Holy Spirit was promised, he fell on the church in Acts, and he has come to us today, amen? And when we know that, here's what I want to encourage you to do. Just like Stevie Wonder did, um, here, in, in today's world. Of confusion and chaos, of frustration and fear, in a world filled with uncertainty and unknown, more than I've ever acknowledged, we need to declare with passion to God again and again, I'm yours. Because guys, our world, if you haven't noticed, and I don't think this morning's attendance is necessarily, it might be an indication of this, but the world is, is pulling us away from knowing whose we are and who we belong to. The world is is just continually putting before us distractions and confusion and people don't know what to do. I want to make it clear today through the word of God and the Holy Spirit in us that we can be confident who we belong to. It is God, our King, through the blood of Jesus Christ. I wonder who you belong to. If you're a person who has been saved by the grace that He talked about, in communion that just pours on the God out of His kindness and His mercy pours on His love and His forgiveness, then you belong to God. He has claimed you as a son or daughter, and we need to live like it. I, I want to encourage you today. You may have come here beat up and confused by the world, or you may have all the confidence. Leave today knowing you belong to Christ and you are His. I pray in your heart you declare again today that to God I'm yours. It took me years to get that. It really did. My mom, um, for years and years, I probably heard thousands of times from her voice, whether it was as we head off to the bus to school, as she dropped us off at of school for practice, maybe as we went to work, especially, I can remember this, as we went on a date as I left for college, as she counseled me on the phone in a in midst of confusion and frustration as a parent, as a pastor, as a, as a spouse, she would say this, remember whose you are. I don't know if you caught the subtlety of that command. Remember whose you are. This is a picture of my mom and dad. They just celebrated 45 years of, 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 uh, of marriage together. And the greatest thing they probably taught me is I belong to God because I've been brought by, bought by Jesus. And when we know who we belong to, it, it not only reminds us whose we are, but how to live. So let me ask you again today who do you belong to? Maybe today is a day where you need to say, God, I am yours, with the passion. And zeal of Stevie Wonder as as we declare, Lord, I'm yours. The the song really starts to trigger a connection between the Holy Spirit and the the title, Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. We're going to see in today's text that we have been signed. We have been marked by God with the Holy Spirit. We have been sealed by the same Holy Spirit, and we are being delivered to eternity in heaven as an inheritance with God. We We are signed, we are sealed, and we are being delivered We've got to know who we belong to. We're going to. You might say, well, Tyson, how do I know who I belong to? Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1. If you have there, we're going to be there all day. In Ephesians chapter 1, we see this declaration that we are God's possession. We belong to him. I'm excited. In the month of September, we are going to spend the entire month in, in the book of Ephesians. Uh, but one thing we need to understand, there's there's great encouragement in Ephesians, but before you unpack uh, great uh, encouragements about how to live as a Christian and relationships and and our spiritual uh, growth that's potential in him, we've got to know this in chapter one, who we belong to. We can't understand the full depth of what God has in store for us till we realize we're truly his. So turn with me to Ephesians chapter one, starting with verse 13. It says, you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So we can pause right here for a second. You were included in Christ as, as a brother or sister in Christ when you heard uh, about the good news of Jesus and you received it, when you believed it. it. Look what it says. When you believed, here's the good news. Jesus died for you because God loved you enough that he sent his one and only son to live a perfect life, to be the atoning sacrifice for your sins. Jesus paid the price. That's the good news. And he continues to pour on mercy and grace. And when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. So, so this is the idea of a mark of God. It's his signature on you. You've been, you've been signed for. You have been marked. And you have uh, been sealed with a promise. The Holy Spirit. Who is this Holy Spirit? A deposit guaranteeing our inheritance and to the redemption of those who are God's possession. To the praise of his glory. Paul is saying here, you are God's possession, and he has marked you with the seal, and you are being delivered, and you can be confident of that. You may be thinking, Tyson, what's God doing in this world today? He is doing the same thing he's always doing. He's preparing his people, saving his people through Jesus, and bringing us to the point where we'll inherit eternal life to be with him forever. Nothing's changed. Whether it's cancer or COVID that takes you, or or just good old age, if you are in Christ or you're alive, Amen. Jeff's here this morning. His dad passed away, I think, yesterday. His dad is secure through Jesus Christ. We need to be praying for the Tischauer family. Guys, uh, you may have lost someone, and I apologize if I don't know that now, but if they're in Christ, they're secure. You've been marked, and you are God's possession. Some of you may be thinking, but I don't understand this Holy Spirit thing. I grew up in a time in the 70s where we studied the King James Version, and it talked about the Holy Ghost, and that even had me more concerned. Guys, the Holy Spirit is a blessing, and instead of we asking the question what he is, we need to understand who he is. The Bible says this, the Holy Spirit who is a deposit. He's not some program or some uh, uh, device. He is a person. He is uh, the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, and this is not something out of the Matrix movie. If you connected with uh, Stevie Wonder, you might not get the Matrix uh, uh, connection there, but that's a whole nother thing, okay? But here's the reality. The, the Holy Spirit is a part of the Father and the Son. He, he, they're three in one. And it's, it's said in scripture that it's a promise to us. Look what it says in Acts chapter two. This is something we lean all the time, but it's such a rich verse. The, the, the people are saying, what, what should we do to be saved? Peter just presented the good news to them about Jesus dying for them and, and raising from the dead. And they say, what should we do to be saved? He says, repent and be baptized. Jesse talked about this repentance last week. Here's a beautiful thing. When you repent and are baptized, here's the promise. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all those who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. You might say, well, I've never repented or baptized. He's calling you today. Whether you're online, this may make it to online, this may make it to the radio, uh, or you're here in person right now. If you haven't responded to Christ and you believe in that good news, he wants to mark you with the Holy Spirit, repent and be baptized. And he's gonna change your life. How does he work in your life? We're gonna look at some basic principles of how the Holy Spirit works in our life. The first one is this, and I love this the Holy Spirit is God's signature on us. We talked about this a little bit, it's his mark declaring that we are his. The word says that when we believe and we repent and baptize, he marks us, he signs for us, saying that we are his possession. Uh, Paul explains it this way, that when, in the same chapter, that when he marks us, when he chooses us, he adopts us as sons and daughters. You are a son and daughter of the king. And you are marked with him. And the Holy Spirit is that signature showing ownership. So here's, here's the thing, it's a done deal. You belong to him. If he signs for you, you're his. Over the years, I put my signature on a number of things that were very important. I, I can think back to, you remember when you had to have your mom sign or dad sign for your report card and then you had to sign as well? I mean, some of us went through that. I can remember signing for uh, insurance forms. Uh, uh, my first card that I bought, I had to went to the bank and, and signed a note. I remember signing closing documents on our house baptismal certificates get get me encouraged every time i sign a baptismal certificate i remember uh, signing for uh, contracts of work agreements and ministry and and missions events but the two things that really get me fired up uh, thinking about the memory of signing them the first is this my marriage license I took an entire afternoon off of work during my internship in Streeter, Illinois, because Tiffany and I were going to go to Ottawa to, to the county seat to get our marriage license. I took an entire afternoon off. We, I, was, I can remember, literally remember going in there. I wonder if I'm going to qualify. You know, I was like, I didn't know what this was about. We went in there. Two minutes later, we're back in the car holding this marriage license. I looked at Tiffany and I was like, that was too easy. There's something about this that that I thought was a little bit more mysterious, a little bit more invested. Guys, don't let about anybody get married. Have you noticed that? But I still cherish the day that we signed that document saying that we're moving forward in becoming one as husband and wife. Another thing that really fires me up when I think about my signatures was the adoption process for Daily. Uh, the, the, the marriage license process took just a little, just a little amount of time. But I, I literally believe that Tiffany and I signed our signature saying we desire to have daily in our family. We desire to be her mother and father. We desire her to be our daughter hundreds of times in the process of 18 months. The adoption process is extreme. It's ironic. We'll let anybody get married, but, but we, we make people work so hard to adopt. But God has worked hard to adopt us. And over those 18 months and those signatures, it gave me great joy. Every time I signed my name, desiring to say, I want to be the father of that little girl. Guys, God has signed for you, and he says, I want to be your father, Devin. I want to be your father, Joyce. Barb. Barb. I want you to be a part of my family, and I'm signing my name in the form of the Holy Spirit that, that I'm yours and you're mine, and it's a big deal. We can have confidence in that. During biblical times, the owner or a person of authority would often take a signet ring. Here's a picture of what a signet ring probably looked like, and they were often a literal ring, a, a literal ring that they would wear or, or around a necklace or some. Uh, uh, point that they could bring out and they would they would kind of emboss it often in wax showing hey i am the owner of this whether it was a letter whether it was a um, a piece of property uh, we believe uh, on the tombs they would they would roll the tomb in place and then the authorities would would put wax on that and seal it saying this is sealed with the authority or the power of that of that person and it, it guaranteed the possession the ownership of that the signet ring said it is mine God has done that for us through the Holy Spirit. Growing up, I watched my great-grandfather, Reed Cummings, put his mark of ownership on a lot of things. D, I don't know if you remember Reed. His name was Curly Doc. That's what he went by. Um, kind of a strange name. But, but uh, great grandpa and I would often go around the farm in his little Chevette. He bought a, a Chevette. The first year they came out, little five-speed, four-cylinder, went zero to 60 sometimes. I mean, it was one of those cars that, uh, just wasn't uh, very well made, but, but he fell in love with it. Um, and we would drive around. We were kind of like the, the guys that would go on little trips to get parts. Uh, Dad and Grandpa would be working on the farm, and, and Grandpa, uh, Reed and I, would go off and get these parts. Sometimes we'd go get new tools for the farm. And, and whoever uh, bought the tools, he would make sure the tools were marked. Uh, Grandpa Reed's had, had a very specific mark. Here, here's was, here was our process in the farm. If it was Grandpa Reed's tool, it had one mark on it. He did it with like a, often a grinder or something, he'd put a mark. If it was Grandpa uh, Cummings' uh, tool, it had two marks. If it was my dad's tool, it had three marks. I never got any tools of my own, okay? So I don't know what that would have happened. But he marked every piece of tool he could find because it it, it had ownership. Grandpa uh, Reed went through a time where you didn't have many possessions. Some of you remember those days. So if he had a possession, he wanted to make sure that he had his ownership on it. Then something happened in about the mid-'80s. Grandpa Curly Doc got this high-tech piece of equipment called a a Dymo label maker. Anybody remember the Dymo label makers? He labeled everything. Reed Cummings, Curly Doc. He he would even label some things for me. He wanted everyone to know where their possessions were so no one else could claim them. God has labeled you as something greater than a label maker. He has labeled and signed you with the Holy Spirit and you are his. I wonder if you declare it. Do you live like it? Remember whose you are. Here's what some people would say. Well, who are you, Tyson? Dee and I were talking about this recently. I I, I want to convey this way. I am a Christian first above all. Remember who you are. You are a Christian. You you may also then, uh, if we're here, we're likely to be Americans. Uh, And you may later on then be a Republican or Democrat. But sometimes in this world, we're getting all backwards. People say, well, well, who are you, a Republican or Democrat? Are are you liberal, uh, non-liberal? Are you masked, no mask? Here's what we need to declare, first of all. We belong to God, and we are Christians following Christ. And then you might happen to be an American, then you might have to be a Republican or Democrat, then you might happen to, to, to drive a, a John Deere or a Case IH. It doesn't matter at that point, but you are Christians first. We, we get it all turned around. Remember whose you are. And the Holy Spirit is that signature. You've been signed by that, it's a promise. The Holy Spirit is also a guarantor of what is to come. Man, this is good. No matter what is happening now, No matter what will happen in the future, I don't care what happens in the future. You, Tyson, what if this happens? I don't care what happens in the future. If you are signed and sealed with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a guarantor of what is to come. What that means is you have a guarantee of your future inheritance in heaven and being with God forever. Well, what if this happens? You're guaranteed. It is a beautiful thing. The Holy Spirit is the deposit saying, your inheritance is secure. What an amazing promise. Jesus said this in John 10. You might say, well, Tyson, that's just, that's an opinion. Look what Jesus said. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So Tyson, are you saying Christ has a, a secure hold on us for salvation? Absolutely. Christ has an ability to hold you securely for for your future. Now, I do have a concern here. Christ's hands are secure for our future. But here's the reality. God still allows us to have free will. And if we don't know whose we are and what we're living for and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and protect us, we will slip through the fingers. We will fade through the fingers of Christ because we have free will. will. I fear a number of people in the United States of America right now are so distracted about all the things. They're more concerned if they're Republican or Democrat, if they should wear a mask or not wear a mask. They're, we're concerned about all these details. We don't remember who's holding on to us, and we're walking away from him. Our church as a world, as an, as an entire world, is fading from Christ. We're getting our identity focused on so many other things, and Satan is doing a good job distracting us. So hear the message today. You belong to Christ. Live like it. Don't allow the world to, to, uh, to, to lead you to believe that, that Satan in this world can destroy everything that God has set up. It will not be destroyed. There will be a day where God makes everything new. But be aware of this. John 16, 13 says this. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And he always will do that. Allow the Holy Spirit to keep you convicted like he said to keep you uh, focused on, on the grace that you received. Here, here's the reality, though. You can mock God's grace, and here's, the, here's the, I think, the most dangerous thing we can do as, as humans is we can resist the Holy Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit and then we grieve Him, we turn away from Him instead of sin, we are on our own, and where are we headed then? We're headed to condemnation, but we can be confident. Guys, right now is the time for the church to be confident. All throughout history, hear this. The church, God's sons and daughters, offer hope when the world is hurting. Now is the time to shine. I don't care if it gets down to two or three of us. We have a responsibility to offer hope to this world that's confused. Will you continue to share that hope? Will you continue to offer hope to a world that's hurting? Uh, You can do it so many different ways. You can do it with the Simple Room students. Uh, you can do it with uh, you, the people that live in your community, uh, the kids trying to go back to school. Uh, I'm thinking of a number of you this morning as I was preaching this, uh, practicing. Here's the reality. There's a number of parents and, and, and students who don't know what they're gonna do after like, when they get out of school in the afternoon because mom and dad are still working. Maybe you live next door to a, a, a young family and there's a boy or girl that lives with them. Why, why don't you come and, and be their, their daycare provider if you're retired? Why why don't you step up and and make sure their help with their needs are met? Maybe there's someone you know that's stuck in a, 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 an older person that's stuck in some facility, a a rehab center or or a nursing home. Why don't don't you go and visit them on a regular basis or give them a call? We need to be offering hope to the world we live in. It's not enough just to put the shirt on. Guys, we've sold like 2,300 of the Hope Changes Everything shirts. Guys, it doesn't do any good just to wear a shirt and then not, need, not see someone's need and not meet it. How can we meet it? Well, we'll fulfill not only our vision, but our mission. I wanna remind you of our mission, to love God make it a priority every chance you get to worship him to praise him a sandwich between all the theology that we're studying today in in chapter 1 verses 3 and in chapter 1 verse 14 it says praise be to his glory every chance you get we need to gather together we need to worship god uh, with one uh, with the church body or alone and say god we praise you love him adore him we also need to love people Go the extra mile to show concern and compassion. Love people. And, and finally, serve all. Do something to make a difference. Meet a need. Because God's got a purpose. Look at his purpose again. In the same chapter, verses 9 and 10. It says, God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time, when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and to... In heaven and on the earth under Christ. God's purpose is the same as it was when he wrote this passage to the Holy Spirit. His purpose is to bring unity under Christ. You know what the world offers right now, if you haven't noticed? Disunity. And there's a day where God's saying, when the times are fulfilled, I'm going to bring unity. I'm going to bring everyone under Christ. Does that mean all people be saved? No, unless they've claimed Christ uh, before he returns, there will be no salvation. But there will be a time when the times are fulfilled when everyone's brought under Christ. Notice this passage says the times. It doesn't say a time. It doesn't say uh, on this date, you know, uh, uh, December 12th, 2020, God's gonna return. No, he says when the times are fulfilled, when, when the world has, has run its course, I'm going to bring everything back under unity under Christ. You might say, well, Tyson, are we in the end times? Absolutely. The very first sermon I preached uh, at the beginning of this COVID crisis, when no one was in this room and I looked only to that camera and that camera was this, we are in the end times. The end times, I believe, were were initiated when when Jesus went into heaven. He says, I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, the end times in, in their full process began. All looking forward to the point God prepared us for the end when Christ would return and call his church home. How are you doing in those end times? Are you trusting the Holy Spirit? Because his purpose is to unite us under Christ. There will be a time when everyone will be united under Christ. Not everyone will be saved, but everyone's going to be under him. Look what it says in Philippians 2. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. I believe this is saying, whether in heaven or on earth or even in, in the depths of hell, every single one is going to bow to the name of Jesus, either in adoration or in fear, because they're going to know he's king and he's Lord. There's, that time is going to come. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I say, well, that's all good, Tyson. I believe in Jesus. I'm here to celebrate him. But the song that Ben sang about about tongues of fire, that was, by by the way, the day of Pentecost that that song was referring to, and and fill us now. I'm a little uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit really guiding me. I don't even understand it. And you may never completely understand. The Holy Spirit is beyond us. But here's what the Word of God says in Romans 8, and let this sink in. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. So so as much as we want to celebrate God and we want to uh, uh, give acknowledgement to Jesus, and that's great, that's the way we've been geared, that's the way we've been trained, there is an essential part of us that needs to be open to the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit, because he's our guarantor. He's the one that says, I am making sure that your inheritance is secure. The price has been paid through Jesus, but now you're living within, within me. I'm living within you. Here's what the Holy Spirit also does. And Eris reminded us this of this week. The Holy Spirit puts to death our deadly deeds. This is good. This is that sanctification thing the Holy Spirit does. We need to better understand this. But as you're saved and you're marked with him, uh, he's guaranteeing you, he continues to make you more like Christ. Uh, If if you're like me, you don't become an angel overnight. It's just a part of, it's a process. You become more and more like Christ. But here's what the word of God says, how he sanctifies us. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the sinful nature, you will live says, you no longer have to do the things you think you have to do. I struggled with this this week. As, as I was uh, thinking about this process, I was tempted greatly. And there was a couple of times where I was like, I don't have to do that anymore because I'm empowered by the Spirit. And there are times when I still fail and I'm forgiven. I would guarantee today, if you're aware of this, there will be times you're tempted. And you think of, who, who, who's do, you, who do you belong to? You, you think of that question, who's living in you? And he can help you resist that, that desire. But if you ignore him, you will end up sinning. You'll give in to those deeds, and they will hurt you tremendously. Be, be sure of this. There's a feeling of the Holy Spirit that often comes. But the bottom line is there's a point where he changes your life and how you live. We just can't say, well, I want to go to church and fill the Holy Spirit again. Uh, here's, here's the reality. There's a point when he changes you. I heard the strongest testimony of that I think I've ever heard the first summer I was here. Probably three years ago this month, Larry Quigley met me in the hallway and he says, I'm a changed man. And he began to tell me the stories of, of his past life as a coal miner running around with old baseball players. And, and he did a lot of things he wasn't proud of. And, and I read between the lines. He, he did uh, things for years and years that were based on his sinful nature. He was pleasing himself. He disregarded his wife. He, he, he did things that, that, were, uh, that were against God's will. But then when he accepted Christ and he was saved by the blood of Jesus, he allowed the Holy Spirit to change him. And he said, he changed me, Tyson. I no longer say the words I used to do. I no longer uh, want to run around with the guys and get drunk. He says, the Holy Spirit changed me, and he will change you, whatever you're facing. We need to pray for Larry and his wife. Their house was recently hurt tremendously uh, in, in one of the storms we had, and they're waiting for the house to be actually uh, just changed over. He, he's going to have a, a new home, hopefully, when the insurance comes through. So pray, pray for Larry. But praise God what? what God has done in Larry's life. Is Larry perfect? If you've spent time like I have, Larry's still not perfect. But neither am I. But he's been saved and changed. And he celebrates that. And so should you. The Holy Spirit also helps us know how to pray. D's the one who highlighted this for us this week. Here's what the word of God says in Romans 8. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness when we don't know how we ought to pray or what we ought to pray for, but the, whole, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. How else would you want to pray? D's pretty wise. You might be like, I can't believe D doesn't know how to pray. D's know, D knows how to pray most of the time. But you know D's uh, strongest prayers, I believe, are the ones that are guided by the Spirit. Not just by knowledge and not just by uh, uh, experience. But my prayers and your prayers are, are the most impactful when we pray in accordance to God's will led by the Holy Spirit. So when you don't know how to pray, don't stress out, but pray. Say, Spirit, lead me. In a couple weeks, we're gonna have a prayer walk for the school, we do it every year and I'm, I'm a little bit shamed uh, to admit there are years where there's been 12 or 20 people there. Guys, our school needs prayer. Now, you can pray at home, or, or you can pray with us as we walk around the school and, and we uh, spend time in specific prayers, but we need to be praying for our teachers, for our administrators, for our parents, for our students like never before, because it is confusing to be in public education. It's confusing to be in homeschool, private school. We need to be praying for our students and let the Spirit lead us in that. Ben reminded us of this one. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts. Doesn't Ben have the gift of leading us in worship? Let's praise God for Ben. Thank you, Ben. He says, Tyson, we all have spiritual gifts. I didn't get the same gifts Ben got. You you can say amen to that, all right? It just, yeah. It's just the reality. We all have different gifts. Here's what the word of God says. But I want you to know, these gifts go beyond our natural ability, There, uh, this is the word of God. There are different kinds of gifts. Praise God for that. But, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, different kinds of workings. But in all of them, everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. here's the thing you might say, well, is, is this a spiritual gift? If it doesn't build up the entire body of Christ, if it's not for the common good, it's probably not a spiritual gift. It's just you showing off. Some people say, well, I've got this spiritual gift. Well, how's it building up the common good of the body of Christ? If it's showing off, it's just showing off. To the one he has given the spirit of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by the means of the same spirit, to another faith of the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in Speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another, the interpretation of those tongues. Those two things need to go together. All of these are a work in the same spirit. He distributes them to each one just as he determines. So you know who gets to determine what gifts we get? The spirit. And they're for the common good and they're all different. So you're like, Tyson, I don't have any of those gifts you just read through. There's days when I don't have those gifts either. Any of them. But don't feel bad that the Word of God uh, describes over 20 different spiritual gifts. You might say, well, Tyson, what are your gifts? Some of them are in this next next passage and yours might be as well. Look at Romans chapter 12. We have different gifts, same same message, they're different gifts according to grace given us in each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, Then give generously. If it's it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Here's the overarching emphasis I see here. If you have a gift, use it. Use it. One of my gifts is teaching God's word or preaching. Using uh, the word to admonish, to encourage That is a spiritual gift I know because as a junior in high school, I couldn't even get through a two-minute social studies oral presentation. Uh, My lips would begin to quiver. I I couldn't speak. Uh, I think the teacher gave me a passing grade just because I knew i put in the work. But then God began to use me and strengthen me with a gift to to communicate his word to to the common good of the body of Christ. So I want to acknowledge uh, my spiritual gift as much as anything on a regular basis is teaching his word. And it is not natural. Uh, Here's one of the most beautiful things. When you have a gift that's just not natural, when it takes you beyond your comfort zone, when it has to be something God is doing in you, that's when he's going to do, I believe, the biggest work. Because it's him doing it, not you. Praise God for spiritual gifts. I wonder what your gift is, and are you using it? Right now in 2020, I want to end with this last thing that the Spirit does, but there's about a dozen more that He does to our lives. But in 2020, I believe what we started the the morning off with is Paul's prayer that we would be filled with joy by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills us with joy and hope, Some people would say, "Well, Tyson, how how do you live with hope in 2020, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of all the questions?" Here's the here's the reality. The only way I believe we can live with hope on most days is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Brie testified to this in staff meeting this week. There was a a, a day where she was coming into contact with people. And for whatever reason, her life displayed that she had hope. It went much further than the t-shirt. And and she uh, was asked, how do you have joy? How do you have peace right now? And she had to testify it was the Holy Spirit because nothing else made sense. Here's what Paul says to the the church in Rome who's gone through tragic time. Chaos was all around. And it had nothing to do with COVID-19 But Christians were being murdered. Christians were being uh, crucified. Christians were being burned at the stake. And here's what Paul says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. Guys, they were going through uh, times like we can't even imagine. He says, as you trust him, let hope and joy well up inside you so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that you would overflow with hope and joy. And people would come to you and say, Hey how how are you so confident right now you say well i know who i belong to i'm a son and daughter of god and my hope is filled and overflows through the holy spirit And you can enter into conversation with them. Here's actually my challenge for you this week. Uh, You you would look for an opportunity for someone to say, what's different about you? And you would begin to tell them about how God has saved you, how Jesus Christ laid down his life and how the Holy Spirit gives you encouragement and peace right now that you have truly been signed, sealed and delivered. You may not use those exact words, but you would testify to what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life. I wonder if you're Ready? Here's the reality. God has saved you. He has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. And you're to live for him with the anticipation that Christ is returning. We're going to sing one more song today. And it declares that we're going to be a church. We're going to be people that are ready for Christ to return. And the only way you can be ready is not only that you're saved by Jesus, but you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can say, we're ready. And we're living for you. We, We are on fire for you. And we're pointing people to you, God. Remember whose you are and live like it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus. Father, we thank you that you've marked us with this, the signature of the Holy Spirit. You've sealed us and we're being delivered into our future inheritance. Lord, right now, we're gonna declare with our voices that we're ready for you. We're ready for Jesus and we're gonna bow his feet and we're gonna declare that he's a Lord of lords and kings of kings. And we're going to be united under him forever and ever. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.